I'm Amina Zina, and you're listening to the Stay Fit, Stay Lit podcast. If you're ready to take your fitness, your body, and your life to the next level, then this is the place to be. And I'm so excited you're here, so now let's begin. No better time than now, so let's just jump in. Welcome back. I know it's been a minute. Y'all, my life has been an adventure, to say the least. So if you're here for the first time, I'm Amina Zina. I am a fitness professional. I'm a personal trainer, a group fitness instructor. I'm a musician. I'm a DJ. I'm a world traveler. And I've been doing all this since 2009, so it's been a while. This has been my main thing. This is what I do. I don't do anything else as far as like a business. I'm all fitness and music and lifestyle, baby. That's what it is. It's a lifestyle. So that's me. If you're wondering like who am I to even be talking about what we're going to talk about because I haven't had a kitchen for two months. We just diving right in. I have only had an air fryer and a refrigerator, which y'all get an air fryer. You should have got one yesterday. Get an air fryer. You should have got one three years ago. Actually, I did have air fried food for the first time in Amsterdam, like years and years and years ago, like seven years ago before I moved here, because I've been living in Amsterdam for three years now, and I've been living in the same place for three years, problem and stress-free. Well, minus the pandemic and minus my neighbors jackhammering at 7 a.m., I'd say that for the past three years of living in Amsterdam, my home situation has been pretty good. Not necessarily the best because I am, I know I'm not in like my forever home, um, but this was a good stepping stone to move from New York City, have a moment to breathe, have a moment just to like acclimate to a new place. It was definitely a great starter place, but as of the last few months, I haven't had a kitchen for a lot of reasons because Dutch laws are weird and moving to a new culture and trying to figure out the legal system, man, it's, it's a lot. Fortunately, though, like I said, most of my experience here has been okay, but sometimes life happens, y'all. Sometimes, even when you're in a good headspace, that's what I've had to learn these past few months because it's been a side of myself like, okay, so my name is actually Mina Zina. My mom named me that. My last name is McWilliams. So for me, I have like two personalities. I'm a Mina Zina like 90% of the time, you know, as a trainer and as a DJ, especially as a musician. I'm Amina Zina. Like, I feel like I'm a cool, fun person. That's what I want to be. I love to work out. I love music. And there's Amina McWilliams. And Amina McWilliams only comes out like 2% of the time. And right now, I've been Amina McWilliams for the past two months with this shit. Like, for real. I have really had to, like, get it together because of somebody else's mistakes and somebody else's problems and... The thing is, I know that everything's going to work out in my favor. The thing is, I'm not a victim. I never choose to be a victim. And I understand that on like a deeper, more spiritual level, we sort of create what's going on inside. So part of me is wondering like, okay, if everything in life takes co-creation, what am I giving to this situation to cause this mess? But genuinely, I didn't make this mess. You know, Actually, the government even sent me a letter saying I am not the problem. Right, my my landlord illegally removed the kitchen out of my unit. And that's just a fact. Everybody I've spoken to agrees as well. Like, okay, yeah, you are clearly, you was minding your business and then somebody else just came along and just messed with your stuff. And that is what a justice and a legal system is for. But anyways, this isn't what this episode is about. That will solve itself, that I am fully sure that 
I will be justified. I know that everything works out in the end. I've always chosen that reality. Been through a lot, but shit, I'm still here and I'm still going to choose to be the best I've ever been. I'm never gonna let somebody kill my vibe. But I will say, not having a kitchen for two months definitely will change your life. It will change your life. It changes everything. And then I realized you don't need to be that complicated with your nutrition to get results and eat good food. That's also what I learned. I miss cooking. I love cooking, y'all. Like, I love boiling pasta. I love making curries and soups and meats and burgers. And I have, like, a lot of kitchen accessories. I love coffee and I like making tea every day. And I just love food. And as a trainer and somebody that helps people transform their bodies, uh, <laughs> what did I just say? I meant to say transform. I help people transform their bodies. And really, you are what you eat. Literally, so much of the transformation, I'd say 75% plus. Uh, no, because sleep really matters. I think people underestimate how much getting like eight hours of sleep matters if you want to build mass and lean out and not have acne and reduce inflammation and not be bloated. You need like eight plus hours of sleep every night. But nutrition is like 75% of the results when it comes to fitness. Like if you're somebody that cares about that, because I understand not everybody cares about that and that's not what all forms of fitness are for, especially now, shoot child, now that I'm over 30 and I'm not actually over 30 by the way, I'm not even trying to gas myself, but like I'm actually like 24 mentally and physically. Everybody thinks I'm 24. You know, I've always felt like way younger than I am, but just on like I guess a 3D realistic level, after a while, yeah, it feels good to look good, 100%, but fitness really matters for everything else in life because, of course, looking good is, like, key, and, you know, you want to be a baddie, and you want to have all the guys chasing you, and blah, 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 but after a while, like, you start realizing that your purpose and your goals and your dreams and your vision and your home and your businesses are actually just as important as how you look, and you focus on those things, and you're like, damn... I need to be on top of my game if I want to live my dream life. You know, I work with a lot of people who have a lot of things that inspire me. That's something that as a trainer, you know, I'm around a lot of people who are on a higher level, like with their jobs and their homes and their businesses. And it is really inspiring. I'm like, shit, I'm trying to be like that, you know, and you have to be physically and mentally and emotionally stable to create like stable results in any area of your life. So it all starts with your health and fitness 100%. And how you look is part of like your mental and physical and everything like that really does matter. But I'm just trying to say that without having a kitchen for these past two months, I'm like, how do I keep my results? How do I make sure that I am maintaining what I want to maintain and building? And how can I do this when I don't have the ability to cook? Let me tell you this, you get simple AF. You get simple, you go into maintenance or deficit mode. And that's also, at first I was like, okay, I'm gonna go out to eat every day. And at first I kind of was, I was like, I'm gonna have to go out to eat a lot more. Oh my goodness, if you want like a burrito in Amsterdam where I go, it's like, there's this place called Salsa Shop and it's like the fake Chipotle. I mean, Chipotle is king. I, I, I miss Chipotle, I for real like, I miss American food. It's not better for you. Like European food is way, 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 way cleaner as far as there's not as many preservatives and GMOs and the food here is way more fresh and natural as far as the groceries. But when you go out to eat, 
in Amsterdam, I feel like I'm not getting the same flavors and like flair for cuisine as I would in New York. Like I feel like New York has the best food on the planet. And after you live there for eight years, it's hard to like go anywhere else in the world. And you're just like, ugh. New York just has everything. And because of how competitive it is, people really, really, really bring their like A game, you know, top, you know, top chefs in the world. Like I know a few people who are like top chefs and they're super bougie with it. And it's really cool. And New York just has so many great places to eat. And Amsterdam does too. But man, New York just be tasting right. I digress. (laughs) Anyways, I was just saying all that because I was going out to eat a lot at first and I was like, okay, yeah, this is kind of fun. And you can find healthier options. Like I said, there's salsa shop. You can get like a real burrito with chicken and rice and beans. Like it's not highly processed. Or I go to a place that I pay so much to get a burger. It's like 20 euros because it's real beef. Like it's, you watch the person take this actual chunk of beef and put it on a stove. So you know you're not just getting a bunch of fillers and things like that because personally I cannot do like burgers that have mad fillers in them like I can taste the difference like I don't like for me the best hamburger I've ever had is like my own and in the states I'm not gonna lie Shake Shack and Five Guys wow bon appetit B I love it but on a health level on a everyday level on a I just want to eat good, taste good, but also nourish me and also know that I'm not going to mess up my results or I'm not eating too much processed fats and too many refined carbs for a lot of reasons, for health, for your looks, for your skin. Because, you know, sometimes you can get acne and things like that because you're not eating right. You're eating a lot of process and a lot of inflammation, inflammation and disease and it causes things that you don't want and stress also causes a lot of things that you don't want not knowing how to manage stress because stress can actually be beneficial for you if you know how to manage it and that's also take that with a grain of salt because obviously we want to be less stressed but sometimes in some instances stress can be good for you but I was just saying that I'm pretty much just eating air fried chicken at this point I have this really great recipe I just dip raw chicken into Greek yogurt and then into some breadcrumbs with seasoning garlic salt, pepper, onion powder, cayenne powder, and then I put it in the air fryer at 400 for like 20-ish minutes. I don't even look. I just turn the timer and I just trust myself. I'm so weird. Like I I guess it's somewhere between 20 and 30 minutes Um, because you want it to be a little bit tender, juicy inside. The air fryer is like dehydrating your food, so you have to be careful if you leave stuff in there too long. Sometimes it can get really like crunchy and crispy and not in a good way. And it's funny because air fryers really can make fries taste like so good. We actually did a taste test, me and my boyfriend, over the summer when I still had a kitchen. I put some fries in the air fryer and then I put some fries in uh, some olive oil in a pan on the stove to fry them, which I will say the best oil for frying french fries is sunflower seed oil by far. But it's not something I like to do too often. I don't want to like deep fry potatoes on a regular basis. And an air fryer, we couldn't even tell the difference between the air fried and the olive oil fried fries, like at all. You couldn't even tell. The only difference is when fries get cold, I mean, they're disgusting either way, but I feel like you could potentially reheat fried fries, but air fryer fries, if you don't eat them while they're hot, they just get so dehydrated. It's just like biting into something really hard and crunchy. And it's not like good. It's not like a chip or something. It's just like too crunchy and too hard. So with with fries in an air fryer, eat them while they're hot. Otherwise, it's over. 
It's not like that with all food, but like I said, an air fryer is a dehydrator. So it takes the moisture out, and that's what gives everything such a crisp. So if you want fried chicken without putting it in a deep fryer, that's why air fryer is great. But again, you have to eat it while it's hot, boo. That's funny how temperature and, and things like that can affect your food and how you digest it and what enzymes and nutrients become more or less available as a result. Because that's also a thing too. When you cook certain fruits and vegetables, the enzymes release and more of the nutrients like tomatoes, the lycopene releases more. I've heard things about carrots, like carrots are interesting, like they become more high glycemic when you cook them. So the glycemic scale, for those of you that don't know or just need a refresh, is like it's a scale that we use to measure carbs and how much it spikes your blood sugar, how fast it spikes your blood sugar, how long the carb stays in your blood sugar. So something with like a higher glycemic index might be like white rice or a banana or refined carbs are mostly high glycemic. So they go into your bloodstream fast and they leave fast. That's why sometimes if you have like sugar, you crash. Like you feel a spike and then you crash because that's literally what's happening in your blood sugar. Whereas if you eat something low glycemic, like sweet potato, that's kind of a mid glycemic, but low glycemic would be like spinach or a cucumber, something that's just like almost no carbs at all, even though it's a carb. So that's going to stay in your bloodstream a lot longer. It's going to release slower, but stay in longer. So it's definitely, I'd say for the most part, low glycemic carbs are always a safe bet. Like there's never a wrong time to eat low glycemic carbs. Like you can always pretty much have quinoa or oatmeal. Like let's be real. Now, of course you could technically overeat anything, but the chances of you sitting down and eating like 20 bowls of quinoa today boy you can barely get through like half a cup of that i mean i like quinoa i definitely use it as a base in things like poke bowls and stuff like that like now i'm at a place now if i get a poke bowl i get half white rice half quinoa just to keep it a little bit balanced because high glycemic carbs taste great the thing is though is that they don't give you sustained energy so you just have to have the right timing with those that's why for me, if I am going to eat high glycemic carbs, I tr- try to time them around the time I'm going to work out so I can use that extra blood sugar spike to get through a workout. So a banana is a good choice for a workout because it's definitely a higher glycemic carb, but it's also, I feel like a banana is kind of special because of all the minerals and potassiums in it, it can really sustain you through like a 90 minute workout, even though it is a higher glycemic carb and it digests pretty quickly. It's just a special thing. And that's the thing about nature. Nature is just special. And we can't even put into words in all the ways that nature, if we just eat enough plants, can just heal our bodies. I eat meat. I'm going to continue to eat meat. Ethically, uh, it's definitely not ethical to raise animals in cages just for the pure production of them. I really would much prefer and am going to start doing this thing where I would go to a farmer or a butcher and take the whole animal home right? One animal can last you a long time in a freezer, especially if you eat all the parts, you get all the vitamins and minerals, and it's way more sustainable. That's what my uncle did in West Virginia. So I grew up in the woods. I really did in the mountains. And they used to actually encourage people to hunt deer, which was weird that a government would like encourage people to hunt a deer. Um, But yeah, that's why I'm good at archery. That's why I know how to shoot a gun. I'm from West Virginia. So don't mess with me for real because I'm ready to go. But anyways, (laughs) nah, I'm not. I'm not. Please. Uh, I'm so not down to like fight and argue with people. That's not my energy at all. But yeah, basically 
my uncle basically, I'm sorry, I've said basically like 20 times. And I, I've, I keep pausing because in my head I'm like, am I going to go back and edit this? Ah, oh, I shouldn't have said that. But no, baby, we're going to let it roll because authenticity should be the new normal. And this is just a stream of consciousness. And we also have to recap my trip to Portugal. But jumping back into my uncle, he would hunt and one deer would last, like I said, like one deer could last a family of four for an entire year if you put it in the freezer. And that's so sustainable because what if you end up hunting an older deer, right? A deer that's lived its life or maybe one that's already injured in the woods and you sort of put it out of its misery and then you're eating unprocessed, untampered with ethical meat. That's how I really think that we should do meat. It's like you have to buy the whole thing and put it in a freezer because the way we're treating animals just isn't working. It's just not even working for a lot of reasons on not only just in a moral level, but like an ecology level. It's definitely part of the climate crisis. But yeah, as far as protein and, and getting enough protein and things like that, you don't need as much meat or as much food as I've realized. I've realized that I've really broke it down to just like a super simple diet at the moment where I'm just having, like I said, my air fryer chicken, I'm having a little bit of yogurt. Uh, you know, sometimes I put the air fryer chicken in a wrap with some spinach and a tomato and like I'll have like chips and guacamole like, uh, and a whole bunch of like I'll cut up a tomato and make salsa. I'll cut up an avocado and just have it with some chips and put it on the wrap and you're getting fats, you're getting carbs, you're getting vegetables, you're getting protein. You know, I it's simple, but it's working. And it makes me realize because I'm so used to having these sort of extravagant meals and all the seasonings and all the fixings. It's just really brought me back to basics. So it's been a nice sort of refresh and a chance to just keep my digestion simple and also focus on intermittent fasting because that's also like really purifying for your body, helps your body just get, you know, autophagy. You're just recycling and, and burning off old cells that need to be refreshed and renewed and restored. So that's also what like a facial is. That's why I be getting like this hydrofacial because it digs into like all seven layers of your skin and it gets rid of the top one, like the microdermabrasion. It's like you wanna be refreshing yourself. You just gotta keep keep it going, keep your your gut health good, eat a lot of fermented foods. Nutrition is simple. Nutrition is really simple. Eat enough protein, fats, and carbs. And you'll feel it. Now I like to measure, I like to log my food. It really does help for me. Without logging, and it's not like it's something I do every day. I have seasons. Like when I was just in Portugal, I wasn't really logging. I might have logged down that I had like a steak that day just to sort of have like a mental note. And that's better than anything. It's just, okay, this is a mental note. It's a few things I ate. It just helps me stay in the habit. You don't always have to have a super perfect food log every day. Because sometimes people are like, oh, it becomes an obsession. And then I start thinking about it. Well, the thing is, is that you don't want to be obsessed with food, but you should be very, very, very mindful of food and what you say and how you spend your time, how you spend your money, right? It's just, I think when you log your food, and my client said today, she said it's confronting. It is confronting and that's good though because you're confronting yourself and you're keeping yourself organized and on track because yeah, when we were cavemen, food was simple. There's food, you better eat it. Whatever it is, you just eat it because you don't know you gotta hunt again. Hunting doesn't come with a guarantee at all especially in uh, before the stone age, before we even had tools, you just ate what you ate, but we're not cavemen anymore. Like how many food subscription services have you been offered in your email recently? Like, it's just insane. The options you walk down the street, most businesses, I feel like when you're just like walking around a city, it's just food. Like Portugal, I love Portugal. I went to Lisbon. It was really amazing. Four days, just 
beautiful scenery, no stress in the air, because there's not much going on in Portugal. There's like two things going on in Portugal, uh, the beach and food. That's it. And the food is bomb and it's such a good price. Lots of steak. Like every time I've been to Spain and Portugal in that area, Ibiza, the steak is unbelievable and the fish and it's just so fresh and delicious. Like I was blown away. I wasn't expecting much from Portugal, but I really would put Portugal in my top three for food. I think my top three cities and places for food that I've ever had were uh, New York as number one. Hmm, number two is Thailand. Oh, but what about Mexico? Mexico, yikes, boy. Okay, so it's really like top four. I would say New York, Thailand, Mexico, and Portugal. And I've been to like 15 different countries at this point. And I'm a, I'm, yeah, Portugal really was like, wow. The food was just like bomb. Like I'll definitely be back just to eat. So... I wasn't logging like that though. Like why? I'm on vacation. I'm chilling, right? The whole point of a lifestyle is that you build habits and habits are hard to break. So if you go on a vacation for four days and you don't stick with your habits, it doesn't even matter because you are what you repeatedly do. You get the results of your repeated work, not your sometimes work. So whatever you repeat the most is going to be the dominant thing. And if you're mostly on track 75% of the time, if your food log is complete, 75% of the time, you're going to be on track with your life. If you're getting eight hours of sleep, 75% of the time, if you have a few weekends where you drink and then stay up till three and get two hours of sleep, if you do that once or twice a month, first off, I commend you because I feel like I'm at a place in my life where, I mean, I definitely pulled some all-nighters last month. I'm probably at like one all-nighter a month at this point in my life where I like, I would sacrifice some sleep, but I rarely, 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 rarely sacrifice sleep. I will give up a workout first. For me, the first sacrifice would be a workout. The second sacrifice would be nutrition and the third is sleep because sleep can really fix and repair. Sleep can can get your metabolism boosted. Sleep can heal injuries. Sleep could get your skin popping. Like I, I'll take eight hours of sleep over the other two if I had to, but fortunately I don't have to. That's the thing. Fortunately, I'm blessed. And I choose to remain blessed. And I choose to be my best. Um, So that's kind of it. I thought this episode was going to be like super dramatic and long because I know it's been a long time since I made one. And I do have big plans for this podcast and a lot of conversations I want to have. But sometimes I look at podcasts and I think it is great that people continue to have conversations with other people. But I also enjoy this solo podcast. I really do. It's kind of nice. I can do it whenever I want and flow in it. And hey, hey. Hey, I have a course. If you're interested, I am the sponsor of my own life. And after being a personal trainer for 14 years, I've learned a lot. And if you're not somebody that lives in Amsterdam and you can't work with me in person or come to one of my classes and maybe online training is not the right timing for you, well, I have something that might be a solution because this is a go at your own pace course. It teaches you everything, the macros, the science, how to make workouts that make sense, how to make the lifestyle come together everything I've learned, what's worked, what hasn't, client case studies. So if that's something you're interested in, if you really want to make fitness a priority and get the results and do it in a way that isn't just a diet, because I'm not about just going to, I'm not just going to tell you, Hey, starve yourself, eat 1200 calories, go do 10,000 steps a day. And like, yeah, that can work temporarily until you slow your metabolism down and lose all your muscle and then end up in a vicious cycle of 
not understanding how nutrition works, but feeling like you just can't eat any carbs at all. And now you're all stressed because you're not getting to your goals. And even if you are losing weight, you're not even looking toned and looking the way you want to look. I know how that goes. The key is that you have to build muscle. You have to eat enough, lift enough, and sleep enough. And then your body will look amazing. Your stomach will be flat. You'll have those nice toned lines on your arms and your stomach and your butt will be perky and you're going to feel and look amazing and your clothes are going to fit great. I know how this goes. I've been on both sides of the spectrum, boo. I used to be huge. I hope you go look at a picture of me on Instagram. <laughs> Amina Zena Fitness. But as far as that goes, I just want you to know this. I've really been doing this for a long time. It doesn't matter that I don't have a billion followers. I really have been doing this my, uh, I'm not going to say my whole life, but almost the majority of my life I have been working in the fitness industry. That's insane. At one point it was like an even 50-50, but oh, well, okay. I've been working out consistently since I was like 14 or 13 and I'm 33. So yeah, that's the majority of my life. I have been in fitness, working out. I became a actual certified professional and started working as a professional in 2009. So I'm just saying all this because I just want you to know that if you take my course and you take it serious, you will get results. And I care about people being happy in their skin and knowing how the body works and knowing how nutrition works on the basic level. Because nutrition is deep. One of my best friends who I actually went to Portugal with, she's a nutritionist. And our conversations are really interesting because the way that she approaches nutrition from like a nutritionist standpoint versus a trainer standpoint, there's a lot of similarities uh, and there's a lot of differences. But I think it's interesting because she also just has a really simple philosophy, even though she has degrees in this when we're just talking, the way that her mindset works around food is just like, keep it simple. When we go out to eat and it never feels like either of us are like restricting or being weird about the menu. And some days you eat more together and some days you eat less. Like, yeah, eating with her has always been nice. And we both know what we're talking about. And it's really cool to have conversations with her. And, and it's a conversation that can go deep. Like I said, like I have one of her textbooks right now that I'm reading and it's really just all about gut health and, yeah, it can go deep, but on the most simple level, if you just know the basics and the most simple protein, fat, carb, just sort of how to make the right ratios, just sort of how to make the right choices and high glycemic, low glycemic, staying away from less processed foods. If you just have basic common sense, you can get results and keep results. It's amazing that usually when something becomes really simple for somebody to explain or something becomes really simple for someone to do it's taken years or even decades to make it more simple like the more simple somebody can do make something look the more time they've put into it that's what i've learned in life Ooh, that's a that's a high note to end off so shit if i live i make it look easy because i've been going hard and that's a fact and y'all i have so much coming out it's been it's a marathon. I realize life is a marathon and you have to have resilience. You have to have grit. You have to have trust. You have to have patience. You have to be willing to take a risk because right now my life is in a weird place, but I'm so glad I took the risk. I could have not taken the risk. Things didn't have to turn out the way they did. And things always have a chance to turn out even better. Like things can come through in the last, last second. Haven't you ever caught a plane at the last minute? I have ran through airports so many times in my life on a flight to Cali, we were they were closing the door. On a flight to Thailand, the airport was calling my name over the loudspeaker. 
on my flight back to Amsterdam actually recently. Well, actually, they, they played too much with that. Over Christmas, Amsterdam was so packed. It was still the pandemic. And like they were calling my phone They're like, you need to run to the gate. You need to run to the gate. I'm running through the gate with like high heeled boots on. And then I get there and our plane doesn't take off for another 90 minutes. But hey, you know what? I could have been like, oh, y'all made me run. I was like, shit, I'm happy I got a little sprint in like a real anaerobic sprint before I'm about to sit for the next 24 hours because flying back anywhere during Christmas time is crazy. But Getting back to my hometown in West Virginia is like a remote journey, y'all. Like it takes 24 hours because there isn't a direct flight. And the routes to get there and the buses, like where I'm from, I can't believe I even got out. Now that I'm thinking about it, I had to rent a one-way car. I moved from my hometown to New York with a one-way car. I'm so glad whoever invented that, that was a good idea, yeah. Because sometimes, yeah, you need a, a, a getaway car. <laughs> you don't want to come back to your location and drop it off. That's the whole point is the car is freedom. But really, not having a car for me is the most freedom. That's why I had to move to New York. And that's a big reason I actually chose Amsterdam is because I like not having a car. It's so one less thing I have to worry about. I know people love cars, and one day I will have a Porsche 911 that is my dream car. But like I'm not in a rush, you know? Like I personally feel like I'm over material things, not like over it as far as like I don't want them, but over feeling like it's hard to get anything. Like you can have whatever you want. So for me, it's I just don't really want a car. Even if I somebody handed me a million dollars today, that would be like maybe number 20 on the list of things I would do and buy. You know what I mean? And that's part of being your best self is that you shouldn't be measuring yourself and your life standards based on somebody else's because as much as I would love to have a big house too, you know, spending some time in this house during the pandemic alone in this like three-story house when there weren't other people living in it was like creepy. I was like, ooh, nah, like that's it, uh-uh, you know? And, and as much as I love having a garden right now, I have a garden in my backyard, uh, just like I don't know like it's not that fun either as far as having to like clean it up and now it's like one more room essentially in your house but it's like outside and it's like dirt and it's like of course I'm grateful but like oh my goodness it's one more thing to clean now it's like so yeah if you don't want to have some huge house and all these responsibilities it doesn't mean that you couldn't have them or that you're not worthy of them or that you can't afford them. It's just maybe that's just not what you want. And for some people, that's the perfect timing, right? If you have kids, why wouldn't you want a big house with a big yard and stuff? But if you're, if you're like single and working and trying to get your career together, is cleaning a garden really gonna like serve you at the moment, you know? So you just have to trust the timing of your own journey and trust the path you're on. So that's really what I wanted to say. I hope this was a good episode been a while i know you can get kind of rusty and and i have a whole new computer interface and i'm working on so many things and i'm playing the bass and like i said this apartment situation in amsterdam it is wow i get what everybody said now and i was thinking when i first moved here my lawyer even told me he was like it's gonna be really hard for you to get an apartment he was like if you can get an apartment that's like a miracle. And I was like, nah, I just like brushed it off. And I think I read maybe one or two things about it online. I'm such a, I always leap. And then I look back like way later. I leap and never look back sometimes. Like I, every time I go to a new country, 
I don't research it. I don't look up what people say. I don't look up what to do. I just get there and I, I'm surprised. That's why for me, the Middle East may not be the best because I know you need to come through with like, oh, first off, that Masa Amini bullshit. Can we talk about that? Because that's really some bullshit. Wow. Man, that is just so unethical. And I really, really, really hope Iran gets their shit together. If you guys don't know, a girl named Masa Amini was unfortunately killed by police because she wasn't wearing her hijab in public and showed a little bit of her hair. And there's just a terrible just... I, I mean, I don't want to talk crap about anybody's religion, right? But I guess it's some sort of Islamic sort of... I mean, it's, it's some Islamic terrorism. It's, it's terrorism under the guise of religion. I'll say that because as much as I'm not a religious person, I can respect anybody that has a peaceful religion. If you're about peace and you're about you know, not bothering people, then do your thing and believe in what you want. But if your religion or set of rules has anything to do with physically harming people that are minding their own business and not bothering you, minding their own business and not hurting anyone or themselves, and you're going to kill them, it's disgusting. It's like the black and white issue in America. It's like the North Korean just complete humanitarian crisis. There's a lot of humanitarian crises. Ukraine and Russia. It's just all around the world, even in Africa, just indigenous to other indigenous groups. It's people need to get their shit together. We need to leave each other the fuck alone. Doesn't matter if you're hurting. Doesn't matter if you don't agree with somebody. You don't inflict harm onto other people. That's it. Even with comments, because believe me, I try to keep my mind away from criticizing people and judging people too hard. But we all have a few people like influencers and just celebrities who I'm sure we just keep up with their gossip, right? I got like one or two people where I'm like, sometimes you're happy to see them kind of like <laughs> get what they deserve. Come on. We're all kind of happy when the bad guy gets caught and shit like that. So with that stuff though, I even try to tread lightly. Like as much as I might think an influencer says something stupid or does something wrong, I don't comment in people's comment section. I never leave hateful comments. Every now and then, if there's something I really believe in, I might leave like something that, not necessarily that's mean, but real. I might leave like a real comment. Like I'm never going to say something hurtful to somebody online though. You know what I mean? Like just leave people the f alone. Unless your conversation is going to bring value to them and help them learn, like being mean, harming people, beating people up, is just not, I can't believe I even have to say it. And I know that if you're listening to this, you're obviously not one of these people, but we just have to keep having that conversation. And I really just hope that the situation in Iran turns into a revolution and that whole wearing a mandatory hijab thing can go away. Because in the 70s, they didn't have to do it. I saw some pictures of Iran in like the 1979 and like all the women were in bikinis and their hair was out and it just looked like a pretty westernized sort of place. And then now all of a sudden it's just oppressed and women are out here getting beaten and... and so many people have died in the protests and this is just disgusting to see women be oppressed like this and if you're somebody who is privileged like if you live in a western country where there is no mandatory hijab and you don't need to be married and you can have your own bank account and drive your own car don't take it for granted that's why i'm saying it i'll never take it for granted i have my own podcast that's probably not even legal in some parts of the middle east for women to have their own podcast you know so Use your voice, y'all. Talk about it. Tell somebody about it because the more we spread the word, the more we can help solve the problem. But basically, that's what I was saying is that I 
leap and then I look back a lot of the times. And that can be a good thing. Sometimes you have to just take a risk because you really never know until you try anything. You'll never know until you try. You can sit there and overthink, but you got to make the move. It seems like obvious, but so many people just overthink themselves into a life that they don't want. So many people overthink about it and they don't do the work and then they miss the chance and then they're miserable and then they're stuck in bad patterns. That's what I will say about there's two types of people when it comes to fitness. There's two types of clients the ones who get results and the ones who don't. There's no in-between. You're either committed and you make change and there's some sort of tangible, relevant, measurable change. I'd say I'd say, 85% of the people I work with get results as far as like their bodies change. If you took a picture, there's definitely a before and after. They feel better. They look better. They're more confident. I'd say 85%. Then I'd say there's like a 10% group who their results are more about feeling better or health, right? So maybe they lose a little bit of weight and maybe they drop like a pant size or a half a size, but you can tell that they just have better posture and they have a better glow about them and they're getting more sleep and they're more well-rested. Like to some people, the results aren't these crazy before and after pictures, even though there's always like a result, but I'm saying like as far as like 85% of the people I work with look like night and day. Then there's a the 10% who get the like the little bit of results, but their lifestyle and their overall just excitement and, and confidence is just that is the real result. People finally quit the bad job or finally move out of their parents' house. Like I've been through so many people for moments like that where I could tell just the physical strength gave them the mental strength. But then there's the 5% of clients who just fail because they cannot seem to just do it. And as much as I believe in feminine and masculine energy needing to be balanced and ever since moving to Amsterdam, I've really gotten into these things. And I realize that it's good to be in a receptive state because the universe will always provide. There's abundance for everybody. I truly know this and believe this and things will work out. And I trust the cosmic laws. And that's like the feminine life that we live is like we all came literally through the female body. And even as a woman, when you get pregnant, I mean, yes, of course, you have to have sex to make a baby, but it's not like you do much after that. The sperm hits the egg and now like it grows and you don't even do anything other than eat, right? And you you know, you definitely manifest your baby 100% and you have good thoughts and you say nice things because the baby's growing inside of you. But I mean like you don't really know the creation process. Like that's like a miracle happening essentially. I really think that every pregnant person is like a miracle because it's crazy when you really think about it. So that's the feminine energy is just like magic. You don't even have to do anything. You sit back, you receive the sperm and life grows for you. And that can be like that with money and relationships. I totally have experienced that all the time with money, friendships, relationships, even homes, right? Homes, apartments, material things. Yeah. All that you can sit back and receive it. Don't even try that hard. But with fitness, that is masculine energy. And I feel like in today's world and even in the podcasting realm and spiritual realm, it's always like, oh, just relax, just relax. But with fitness, nah, bitch, just do it. Like get up and just do it. Because for real, you have to grind for it. I mean, the man has to impregnate the woman, right? Like there still is work involved. Let's remember that it takes yin and yang and never lose sight of your yang, Yin is cool. I, I Like I said, you have to be balanced, though. You have to be balanced. And with fitness, 
I feel like that is all masculine energy, especially the lifting weights, the numbers, just sort of understanding the anaerobic nature of the workout and knowing how to push to your limits and work into the max. It has very masculine vibes. But as women, as anybody, even if you're non-binary or don't have a typical gender, we all have to have some masculine energy in us. We all have to have the ability to just do it. You all have to have the ability. Uh, I mean, man, I should have given a trigger warning. It's so funny, man. I don't know. I watch more content and everybody is, everybody now is super mindful about what they say and you should be. And I am definitely being very mindful, but sometimes you just gotta let it flow. And I'm like, I'm sitting here, I'm like, oh, I'm talking about genders. And I'm just like, is somebody going to like screen record this because I said everybody should? But yeah, I am suggesting. All I'm doing is suggesting. You don't have to take any of what I'm saying personal and live by it. That's the thing, too. We got to really, really, really understand that. And I know you understand that. But that this is just me living my experience, speaking through my worldview. And you have your worldview. And that's what makes life fun. Because we all have each other's different worldviews and life would be boring. If you wanted everybody to have the same worldview, then why do you watch Netflix? How many different shows right now do you have on your Netflix? And are they the same? Are they different? Are they all have different storylines and they all have different dynamics of people? Exactly. We like variety. So don't trip too hard on the stuff people say. Don't ever trip on anybody else's toes. You know what I mean? Don't trip on what's behind you. That's a fool fools trip on what's behind them you got to keep moving forward because you're smart and you have wisdom and you have knowledge and you know that as you move forward life will continue to get better that's what I've learned that's what I wanted to talk about today that was a lot of different things but I think the recap let's recap keep it simple eat proteins eat fats eat carbs get an air fryer get an air fryer go to Portugal talk about Iran get my course link in bio or uh link in bio it's this is a podcast link in the show notes and that's it i hope you're staying fit hope you're staying lit i will be back soon i just think i was just in my head a lot i was just i've been like i said amina mcwilliams i've been doing a lot of legal stuff i've been doing a lot of writing i just need to get through this phase and that's the thing i guess this is preparing me for a lot of different things that are coming my way because in the background i am working on something in the about in one year in the works now something very huge involving a lot of contracts a lot of fun things though a lot of good stuff I don't like to make announcements though that's not my style Ugh, I don't want to get y'all too excited for something yet you know what I mean but I'm always doing something in the background and I realized that every new version of yourself demands well a new version of yourself the next level demands you to be on a better higher level than you're at now because what got you here won't get you there. Getting there requires their energy. And if you're here, well, you have to have their energy. So embodying the version of yourself who you want to become next is also the key, yo. That's the key. But y'all, I'm hungry. I got to go. I got to train people. I got to teach people how to ride on a beat. That's my day. That's my life. Check it all out. And I'll check y'all out in the next episode. Stay fit, stay lit. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you learned something useful and enjoyed what you listened to. And if you did, please feel free to take a screenshot of today's episode and post it in your Instagram stories. And be sure to tag me 
at Aminazina underscore fitness because I want to meet you and I want to shout you out. So thanks again and until the next time, stay fit, stay lit.